This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Our twice weekly show on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5pm every single week UK time in which you guys are the focus of our Friday shows. Tuesdays I'm joined by a guest. This Tuesday I was joined by Johnny. We had a very kind of interesting discussion about the end of season run, the teams that we're going to be facing and where we might end up finishing. We both came up with a very different outcomes as you might expect it was a good chat it was very polarizing i think um but it was good and if you haven't checked it out already please do um but today we're talking about what you guys want to talk about we kick off with a topic that we're going to introduce in just a second that you'll know from clicking on the video um but without further ado let's crack on with today's show First things first, uh, and of course, as always, our Let's Talk Arsenal show is sponsored by Football Prizes, and this week's prize has sold out this week. 99 tickets uh, were available for Ian Wright's Bruised Banana signed shirt, uh, framed, lit up in all its glory, and uh, it is sold out. There is no more chances to enter except from the free entry that our expert and ambassador members uh, get with the draw. And one of those lucky members will get a free entry into this week's prize. So stick around till halfway through the show and we will reveal which one of our expert members and TGT ambassadors has won the free entry into the competition. But without further ado, let's crack on with the topic of today's show, which is talking about Alexander Lacazette. Um, He is a player that... Joined Arsenal from, obviously, Leon, and we were kind of linked to him for quite a while. And people were pining for this guy. Really, really were pining for him. Desperate for him to sign. He was scoring, banging in the goals in France. He arrived in England, and it's probably not gone as we expected. It's probably not been as great as the price tag that we paid for him has suggested. Has he moved us on? Does he improve us from Olivier Giroud? It's debatable. I lean towards the sign of I don't think we've got any better in the striking department. 
necessarily through Lacazette since Giroud has moved on. But maybe we have become better cohesively. Maybe he has done more for us, but we have ultimately gone backwards still in the, in the terms of the league position where we are as a club in the league. With him as our striker, along with Aubameyang, we have not progressed in terms of the league table. And the question now comes with just a year left on his contract as to whether or not Arsenal should keep him. There was news today that seeped through the social links um, that apparently Arteta is open to the idea of offering Lacazette a new contract. And it sparked a lot of debate on the social links as well. All of the, the medias were, were buzzing with Arsenal fans debating, disagreeing, um, and trying to find out and work out whether this is the right move or not for Arsenal to do. And that's where we're going to kick off today's show, is talking about this topic, getting your thoughts in the chat box. So if you are watching live, first of all, welcome and thank you so much. And if you could really drop a like on the video, I really would appreciate that. Um, but tell me what you think about Lacazette. Is he someone that you want to see Arsenal keep? Is he someone that you think that it would be smart to extend for another two, three, however many years or not? And if not, tell me why. Explain your thoughts and the reasons as to why you think that he should not stay. We're going to get your thoughts. I'm going to give you my thoughts. And then as the show progresses, we'll move on to some other topics as we always do. If you didn't check out yesterday's show, we I say we because it was me and John. We're having a very frank discussion about racism in football and talking about how it might stop, how we can stop it, the problems that are associated with it and how we can maybe solve those issues. And it was something that a lot of people responded really well to. So if you haven't checked out yesterday's LTA podcast, please make sure you do. Let's jump into the chat box and see what you guys are saying in regards to Martinelli. Let's scroll up to the top and see what you're saying. Joe, uh, one of our members, and if you'd like to join our crew of members, of course, you can click that join button in the link below and you can join out of our crew and get access to lots of cool stuff. Um, and Joe says, please sell lacquer. Need to send a message that the Arsenal Retirement Club is closed. No more legacy contracts or golden years, cushy signings. Let lacquer be the example for the new regime, Louise two. Ansgar says, keep Lacquer 100%. We're seeing different opinions already. This is great. He is our best striker, in my opinion. Also, I don't really rate most of the young strikers that we are getting linked to. Use Martinelli as the third striker and keep Abamyang and Lacazette. Uh, Katie says, we have to be careful on how we do business this summer because we are going to be losing four players to the African Cup of Nations in January next uh, next year. So you will see the importance of Martinelli too. So those players you're looking at, obviously Thomas Partey, Abamyang. Um, who else are we missing? Completely got over my head. El Nenny, of course, if he still stays, um, which is so one of those players that I think I'd be okay with us moving on. And, and Nicolas Pepe, if Ivory Coast, I think, have qualified. So we're going to be losing a few players in that period. And there's some big, big players. Abamyang, Pepe, Partey, huge for us. So we really need to think about that. Um Let's scroll down a little bit more. Uh, Matt G says, I'd sell Lacazette. He's been decent, but he's not worth 50 million. Steve Stone says, good afternoon, everyone. Sell, replace with Martinelli, then add the funds for the summer market. Um, Zubis says, Tom, are you running on Alba time again? No, I just, it just, I don't know what it is. I think I might have a two minute delay on my timer. I need to check my time. Deary me, <laughs> for goodness, get out of my chat. Uh, Zabir says, sell if we're getting 30 million and reinvesting in another striker like Eduard. Keep if we don't plan to buy another striker and he accepts a one-year extension on lower wages. 
Uh, Zamir says, Giroud was selected over him. Then we bought Aubameyang six months later. Has he ever gotten a fair chance? Yo-Yo says, Lacquer changed his playing style since leaving Leon, as did Benzema initially as well. Uh, Tom says, as much as I respect Lacquer's efforts, he'd be too expensive to keep for a player his age. If we can get a fee for him this summer, let's reinvest in a younger striker around 23 years old. Uh, and we can go for someone like that. Um, Yo-Yo says, Arteta extended Aubameyang's contract before changing the system. Now Lacquer looks most suited to the side. Arteta's decision-making is inconsistent. Uh, Kian says, Martinelli is priority for me. If the money is right, get rid of Lacquer and other positions need to be filled. Okay, let's let's think about this. Let's look at this in two ways. So we'll first of all go down the route of the side to say, Let's not extend the contract. Let's move on Lacazette. Let's probably the best idea in, in, in this sense is to say that is Lacazette, I mean, you think about how old is he now? 29, I believe. 28, 29 years of age. He's 29 and he turns 30 in May. So he's going to be 30 before uh, at the conclusion of the season. If you offer him a new contract, you're then getting a Lacazette that plays from the ages of 30 to say 32 if you give him a three-year extension uh, or a two-year extension, is Lacazette going to give you more than what he's given us in those years? Is he a striker that, depending on his style and age, is that going to affect things? I don't think his age is going to affect him as much as it is, say, a player like Aubameyang, who relies on a pace a lot more than what Lacazette does. Lacazette is someone that's happy to drop in. He's happy to kind of play the role of the link-up play and then just get into the box where necessary. I don't think the decline that you would see between the ages between now and, say, a, a three-year contract would necessarily see that drop-off. But at the same time, usually contract extensions at this age are the last big contracts that players get. He would probably most likely expect a raise on the salary that he already has. That It's just common sense. That's usually what players do. They gradually work their way up to bigger contracts. And signing a contract at 29 or 30 you usually think that would extend upon like we did with the Bamiang, et cetera. I don't know if it's worth doing that with the money that he's already on, which is well over the 100,000s and, and nearly at the 200,000 bracket. If you go over 200 grand on another player like Lacazette that has no sell-on value bar, maybe moving on at 32 to somewhere else for a minimal fee, is that worth it? I'm not so sure. Uh, his output has been... It's, it's not been worth 45 to 50 million quid that we spent on him if we're being honest he's not managed to get over 20 goals a season for Arsenal uh, especially in the league overall it's maybe slightly different that that's where I struggle is that I don't know for the output that you're getting is he worth signing up to a new contract now the other side of things is also interesting there are not a lot of strikers that I think come in and blow Arsenal out the water in regards to their striking department that Arsenal could go for. We talk about the likes of Odson Edwards. We talk about Patson Daka. We talk about, oh, I talk about Yusuf Enesiri. Um, There are a number of players out there of kind of that 23 to 25 or even younger age bracket. And the issue with that is that I don't know if they're going to come in and necessarily be better than, than what Lacazette's given us. I don't, there is no guarantee. I haven't seen anything about, say, an Odson Edouard right now that's made me think he's going to come in and, and be better than Lacazette. Now, I'm not saying that one day he might. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that right now, 
is an Odson Edouard or any of the other strikers that are out there going to come in and do more than Lacazette? And that's important because this summer window is important. Depending on how many funds that we have, depending on what we're able to do, is stri- how far up the list of priorities in the summer window is the striker position? How far up is it? Is it more important than centre midfield? Is it more important than right back? Is it more important than bringing in a back backup left back? Is it more important than bringing in an, an Erdogan or an Erdogan type player if we can't get him? How far up the list is it? Because that's where I have a have a bit of an issue with say bringing in a striker this window because. I feel like there are more pressing needs in other areas of the pitch that we need to worry about first because we have Lacazette here for another season, minimum. We've got Aubameyang for another two seasons. Martinelli is coming through. You've got other youngsters that are coming through. Tyrese John Jules coming back from, from loan. Nikolai Moller in the youth system. There is an abundance of forwards at the club. Is it really that important that we must go out and sign a striker this summer? Because for me, it's probably about fourth, maybe fifth on my list of priorities. First off, for me, you're looking at getting in a centre midfielder that partners Thomas Partey, that improves or is as good as Granite Xhaka in that position to partner Thomas Partey. So you've got a much stronger rotation so that if you don't play one of Xhaka or Partey, you're not dropping down to an El Nenny. You're not dropping down to a Ceballos, that you've actually got a solid bit of competition there. Next for me is the Erdogan-style player then the right-back, back-up left-back, arguably is even more important than right-back right now because we've got right-backs, we've got Bellerin, we've got Chambers, we've got Cedric, we've got Maitland-Niles still. And I know that some of you will probably believe, and quite rightly, that none of those are good enough to be the Arsenal starting right-back going forwards, but we have them. We don't have a back-up left-back because Kalasinac is going to go, Tierney is here, and the drop-off to the likes of Joel Lopez in the youth system is incredibly large. So that back-up left-back position is quite important and arguably more important than striker. The cam position is really key. You've seen the impact of Martin Odegaard this season. It's been huge, absolutely massive. Um, and Emil Smith-Rowe can't be relied upon solely because of his injury record, and he's still a young guy. So striker is really not, for me, one of the main priorities. It's like fourth or fifth on my list. So if you've got Lacazette and you'll say, yeah, we'll give you a one- or two-year contract extension... And then in a year or two years' time, not only have we extended your contract, so arguably we could sell him on still because he'd be under contract, but maybe down the line, a year's time, two years' time, there's more options for Arsenal to look in the striker market. Because I I don't see any I don't see of the strikers that are out there, you as we've talked about. I mean, I wrote I've written how many pieces of blooming written about strikers now? Blooming loads. So if we I'll just show you a couple of the articles that I wrote about strikers and that will give you uh, a better idea of some of the options that are out there right now that we could go for. Um, so Patson Dakar, you've got Andre Silva, you've got uh, Roman Uremchuk, who some of you may not know much about uh, against, but he's doing exceptionally well. Um, Odson Edwards, who obviously we've talked about, and Ivan Tony, who I have come to lessen my view on a lot more uh, since kind of looking into him uh, a little bit more. Um, any more strikers? We've got Yusuf Nasiri. We've got Alexander Isaac. We've got uh, Luka Jovic, Val Veghorst, and Myron Boadu are other options that I've written about for 101. Do any of them come in 
and genuinely improve on Lacazette right now. And for me, I, I'm not I'm not convinced that there's a massive improvement on him right now to the point where is it worth going out and spending that money when you can just simply renew Lacazette and he can do you a job for another two years when we can actually go out and spend money on other positions on the pitch that are more important. Um, JD says, what does getting a new striker mean to Aubameyang? Ex everyone except Arteta knows Aubameyang doesn't work on either right wing or left wing. Also, that could mean Martinelli leaving due to a lack of chances. Um, Benjamin Harmon says, in one hand, it could be beneficial to have uh, an experienced striker who won't have international football, could be much more rested and ready for the following season. Very true. Um, Janice says, exactly, that's the main issue. Is the centre forward and striker that can link up play and score more than Laka? However, if they are on a similar level, that is good enough. Uh, or rather, is that good enough, considering they would grow and get better? Yeah, they would grow and get better. But is it not if you're gonna if you're gonna bring that in, is it really gonna have that much of an impact when we really need impactful players next season? That that's the issue for me, is that I just I'm, I can't get on board this idea as much about moving on Lacazette this summer as as I was, say, a few months ago. A few months ago, you would have seen me on the channel going, Yeah, like, I wouldn't renew him, I'd sell him if we can. But now when you're you've got time to reflect on things and you think actually we've got so many more other areas of the pitch that we need to focus on right now. Maybe actually adding a one or two year extension to his deal is not necessarily a bad thing. If we go and give him a four year contract, that's there's questions to be asked. Yeah, I'd be looking at say, look, you've got a year left after this. Let's extend it by a year, or let's give you a year extension with an option of another year. I think that's fine. It protects the value of the player. You can move him on when you need to, and you've kept him on your books, and then you can go and spend money on other positions. It's not like Lacquer is a bad player. This is the guy that won our player of the season, I think, in 1819. He's not a bad player by any means. And he's, he's, he's scored some really big goals for us during his time here. It's it's a really it's not like it's not for me as like a Bellerin situation. Or I look at the Bellerin being the right back at the club who's meant to be the starting right back and he's being outcompeted by Chambers and by Cedric. That is a position that needs to be addressed and that we do need to spend a lot of money on improving because we've looked vulnerable at right back. But the striking position, not so much. I don't look at that position as and go, my God, Christ, we need to go and get a striker because we've got Aubameyang, we've got Lacazette, we've got Martinelli, we've got players that are coming through. So I'm not as sure on this. Um, Mitchell says, he's yesterday's fish and chips in <laughs> some people's hearts. Ordering the fish and allergies on this channel. Uh, Don says Laka and Abamian don't fit together. No problem extending Laka for a couple of years if we sold Abamian, but I don't think we should invest in both. Well, we've already invested in Abamian. I don't see a problem with the rotation of the two. I'm just not a fan of seeing them play together. I'm not a fan of seeing Abamian and Lacazette together. I'd much rather see them, either one of them play a striker and then they're flanked by a Saka or a Pepe or a Smith Rowe or a, a Martinelli, someone of that ilk that's just going to give you something different. Abamian just doesn't work for me in that left wing spot. Yo-Yo says, Louise, Laka, Xhaka, Hector Bellerin, El Nenny, why are all these players rated so highly for their personalities? Because I think, Yo-Yo, sometimes people underrate the personality of a player in a dressing room. You don't see it. You don't see it. You're not in the dressing room. And a lot of people judge players based on stats, based on 
in a FIFA mindset of just thinking, what's their rating? What's their speed? What's their pace? Stuff like that. And actually, I don't think people take into account the importance of, of actual character sometimes. And Arsenal have lacked character. And and we've missed some of that, I think. And there are some characters in there, and we just need to add some more. Taking away some could be an issue. It's also where the big debate about David Luiz goes this summer. Because I, I am really torn. I'm still leaning towards don't renew it because we, we need to move on from that. Um, but he's been excellent. You look at the Wolves game and go, that's really the only time I've really gone, Christ, David, like, what are you doing, son? The rest of the time, I'm thinking, wow, this guy is he's a leader on the pitch and he's doing really, really well. Um, thank you, Janice, so much for the donation, mate. It says, people complain about Aubameyang's deal, but honestly, the real mistake was the contract length that was given to Willian considering his age. Yeah. I don't think anyone's debating that, Janice. I think we all know that was a big, big mistake. Um, DJ uh, says, Laka suits the system with the young players, which is true. Like, it, if you think about Martinelli, say, if if Martinelli's future is supposed to be in kind of a central role, which it looks more and more likely that it is, if Arsenal go out and buy a 23, 24, 25-year-old or mid-20s player, what does that mean for Martinelli's future? What does that mean for him? It's not like... Martinelli's a different beast. He's a different kind of talent. He's not someone that I'm like, you know... We can't just rely on hoping that Chambers comes through and be someone or Holding comes through and, and be someone. It's not like that to me. It's not Enketia type of thing. So I'm more than happy to, to move away from the Enketia style of things. Martinelli is, is a special talent and he's shown that. Should we really be going out to invest in a 23, 24, 25-year-old and thinking that they're going to be... They're going to be our striker of the next five years. What does that mean to Martinelli? Is he going to wait? No, I don't think he is going to wait. So there's also that to think about. Um, Chris says, isn't Eddie our replacement for Lacquer? Crying, laughing face. <laughs> yeah, no. Sell him. Sell him in the summer. Sell him in the summer. Uh, Daryl says, Abamia definitely doesn't work on the left in a 4-2-3-1, in my opinion. Square pegs, round holes once again. Yeah, um, thankfully, he's not done it too much this season. He did it more when we played 3-4-3. Um, thankfully, he has switched in the latter part. We saw it. I don't know why he switched it back against West Ham. It made no sense. And he took him off way too late. Should have taken him off much, much earlier. But yeah, that was a really kind of, it was a really big issue. Um, Dave says, and Dave's joining us on Sunday for our uh, for our interlull quiz. I've got to tell Dave some instructions. He doesn't know what I'm going to tell him, but I've, I've, I've been keeping it under wraps. And uh, I should have told you sooner, Dave, but I'll message you straight after and you'll know what to do. Uh, but Dave says, if it's a year plus an option, I'm okay with that for Lacazette. If, uh, I disagree. We don't need another striker. We really need a target man. Um yeah, I suppose striker and target man, centre forward, you might call more of a target man. I agree in the sense that's the style that we should have available to us. Um, Lacazette doesn't really have the height to be a target man, but he plays in the weird style of a target man where he drops in, links up play and tries to get on the end of things when he best can. And he said he's just a little bit too short, but he's got the he's got the strength. He holds off players really well. He just needs to improve his link-up play a little bit. Um, some of the flicks he was trying against West Ham were good, but a lot of them didn't come off. Um, Matthew says, Tom, have you heard any rumours about where Balogun is going? Hope it's not a Premier League club. Uh, Matt, no, I've heard absolutely nothing. It's been pretty. It's been one of those things that's really... 
under a lot of kind of secrecy <laughs> at the moment. So much so nothing. No lines at all on the Balogun thing. Arteta keeps coming out and saying he's confident that he will stay and that he wants to he wants to stay. But surely if he wanted to, he would have signed a new deal by now. And that's 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 the truth, unfortunately. Um Yo-Yo says, is there a possibility that Arteta would want to eventually emulate Pep's double false nines? Um, I think that a lot of people want to try and associate Arteta with Pep for the obvious reasons that he was he was obviously a, an apprentice underneath him, effectively. I don't think so. I don't think that's what he wants to do um, because Pep's doing it with like a, a De Bruyne or he's doing it with a Sterling and it's or a Bernardo Silva, it doesn't really work in the same way. So I don't think so. I don't think so. Patrick Carlson says, what about John Jules? Of course, we spent time on uh, Doncaster. We did mention him earlier on in the show. Um, I think that, I, I honestly think that his injury issues that he's faced are, have really stunted his development. I'm hoping that he comes back in the summer and maybe turns into that and Ketia, not the player, but the role what he's he's been and he's been a backup and maybe next season he can play in some of the cup games and come off the bench in certain fixtures and, and be an option. And that's where he's going to get kind of things. Uh, Mud says Darwin Nunez would be a great centre forwards. Again, why would we sign him when we've got young guys already like Martinelli coming through and to be honest what I saw of him against Arsenal and I know you shouldn't close the analysis on one or two games but he was really poor <laughs> like he was really bad in those games so um I'm sure he's a lot better than what we saw in those games but yeah hopefully uh hopefully we see our own kids come through but that's why I'm a little bit averse to signing a, a Nunez or a Boadu because I just think they're too young and I think they would block that route for, say, Martinelli or someone else that's going to come through and we can invest in other positions that need more attention. O'Malley is moving on the conversation um, as we round off kind of the Lacazette thing. So if you have watched on playback and you're not watching live, please leave a comment in the comment section below. Do you think we should be moving on from Lacazette? If so, why? And if you think the opposite, let us know. Please explain your thoughts in the comment section. Drop a like on the video. As always, subscribe to the channel. O'Malley says, do you think we should keep both? of Mavropanos and Saliba, I don't think that we will. I think that one will stay and one will either be sold or go out on loan. And I probably think that we're going to be keeping Saliba and Mavropanos will either do another loan for Stuttgart. Stuttgart wants him for another season. Sven Mislint's out there, the kind of executive recruitment directing figure at the club, of course, we will know. Uh, he has already said that he wants to keep him for another year. So... That makes a lot of sense that he wants to keep him for another year because he's been excellent for them this season. He's got into the Greek senior national team now um, and he's been excellent. And you, some people turn around and say, well, we should keep him. Like, we should we should keep him. But we could have an even more special kid in Saliba coming back next season to play and start. So let's just, let's wait and see on that one. But my initial feeling is that I think that, I think that, we will ultimately see one of them go, um, probably permanently, to be honest. Um, Christopher Fung says, what are we going to do with Mainsley, Genduzi, and Torreira? Um, probably sell all of them, Chris, is probably what we're going to do. 
I don't. I'm definitely sure that Mainsley and Torreira are going to go. Gendouzi, I'm still a little bit up in the air about. I I want to sell him. I wanted to see him go. I'm not interested in Gendouzi anymore. I think that there, there's a lot of people that are putting a lot of stock in his attitude and being like, yeah, he wants to win, and yeah, look, you can see how much he cares. No, he wants to get into fights and stuff. I don't care about that. Like, I care about someone who's going to put 110% on the pitch, that's committed to the cause, that wants to buy into what we're doing, and I don't get that from him. I don't get it from him, and I think that. He's a sport child, basically. And uh, yeah, that might seem harsh, but that's that's what I think of Gendouzi. And I'd, I'm not interested in in him staying if he's not willing to to get with the process, if, if you want to call it as such. Um, Jeffrey says, would you sell a Bamiang if someone put the right money up for him? What's the right money, Jeff? Because you've got a 31-year-old who is declining that I have seen this season be really, really poor score a few goals, score a lot of goals against Leeds. Olympiacos turned up with some really good goals. Um, but for what we're paying him, is he really giving as much as he should be for what we are investing in him? So if someone comes in with a, a 30 million bid for Aubameyang, are you, I'm not really sure how much. I mean, that's that's nearly, it's more than half of what we paid when he was in his prime. So, and now he would be nearly 32. So you have to think, would you take that? Maybe. Maybe you would. Um, Regan says, do you think that we will listen to offers for Willian? Uh, I hope so, if we do. I think he's obviously a sellable asset. He could go off to the MLS, China, somewhere like that. Um, I don't think he's going to be going to any Premier League clubs, but yeah, no, not at all. Uh, Tom says, Tom Genduzzi will be a year older and more mature when he gets back. Uh, he could will integrate uh, in a way he couldn't before. He's a talent. Uh, he could do. But when the Hertha Berlin coach describes Genduzi as going through puberty at his age and that he describes him as a bit of a rebel and he's made mistakes leading to goals, things that people absolutely crucify Granit Xhaka for and he's done things worse in his own box this season for Hertha, I think that people aren't really paying attention to what's going on. Actually, actually go and watch his performances this season and not a highlight reel of just his best bits. Actually go and find out from people who know how he's been because he's not lit up the world at Hertha. And there's a reason why they don't want to keep him. Uh, they, they do not want to keep him next season, Hertha Berlin. So if Hertha, a relegation-threatened Bundesliga side, don't want to keep this player... That's a bit of a red flag for me, to be honest. A little bit of a red flag. Um, Matt G says, if Martinelli is being developed into a striker for next season, is this because it's best for his development or because it will save the club money not having to sign a striker? Matt, arguably both. Um, the, the second part may be indirect rather than it being like a, a genuine thought process that if he develops into a striker, we don't have to invest in that role. And we've already got a lot of players in our wide areas like Saka, like Pepe, like Willian, um, like Smith-Rowe that can play there. We've got a lot of players who can play out wide. And maybe him moving into a more of a, a central role is is part of where he's going to move. He's He's got a good finishing ability. He's got a good strike on him. He showed that. He, can, he has some area ability, as he's shown as well. He's, he knows where to be. He's, he's a, a bit of a poacher. He knows where to be in the right place at the right time. I think that he could work. I think he's really good at pressing the back line when we're not in possession. So I think he's got a lot of qualities that are akin to a striker. But 
is it best for him? Is that where he's destined to be? Is are the club saving money by moving him in that direction? Who knows? But we we know from this club historically that we've had some success by moving wider players into central areas. I don't need to tell you who. You all know who it is. So yeah. Um, O'Malley says, with David Louise likely to leave in the summer, do we go for a Varane or Koulibaly for the experience or a younger prospect? This will be an interesting summer. O'Malley, Varane is like dream scenario. He's up there in my view of like top five centre-backs in the world. Um, Koulibaly, I... <sighs> The thing about Koulibaly, I, I don't know what it is about Koulibaly. I, I'm not as keen on him. Um, I'm not. It's just one of those where you have a feeling. I um, think he would cost a lot. Napoli don't like to sell cheap. And Man City were linked with him, but I don't think they'll, they'll go for him now. They've got, obviously, Diaz and Laporte and Stones. So... And I don't know if he'd come to a club that hasn't got Champions League football. So there's also that. We still might have Champions League football. You never know. Um, but I'm not sure if, if yeah, if that's if that's the right way. Anyway, we have reached the uh, the midway point of today's show. And you know what that means? That means we are going to reveal which one of our brilliant members has won the free ticket into the signed bruised banana kit signed by the one and only Ian Wright. Let me just jump into Discord server and check. How many have entered this week's competition? And we can see that 18 people, I believe. Yes, 18 people have entered the competition. So let me just flick over to the random number generator and go on to 19. Let me just double check. It is 19. It is. I'm going to press the button five times, and whoever is our fifth number will have won the shirt. So one, two, three, four. And five, number 10, that is, is it going to be someone who's done it again? It is Kian. Kian has won this week's prize. So congratulations. I think he was in the chat as well. So congratulations, Kian. You are the winner of the free tickets into tonight's draw for the signed Ian Wright shirt. Um, so congratulations, mate. Fantastic stuff. I'll be praying for you and hoping that you uh, you can get the shirt in tonight's draw. If you want to obviously tune in for that, it's on Football Prizes, their Facebook page at 8.30pm UK time. So uh, make sure you tune in and uh, and there you go. So let me just type into the chat. Congratulations to Kian uh, on your win. I'll let you know what number you are after the show and after I've got back from my guy. So there you go, mate. Congrats. Uh, and thank everyone in the chat for, for wishing him well. He was in here a second ago, so maybe he'll come back in. Um, Sahil asks, Tom, should we sign Orsic? I believe is who you're talking about, just for the banter. <laughs> the thing is about Orsic, he is a good player. Like, There's no doubt about that. There are questions that I've got, like why why hasn't he made that move sooner? He's 28 now. Why has he not moved to a, a European uh, heavyweight league sooner than this? Um, but he showed in the Europa League that against big teams, big teams, um, <laughs> that he can score a fair few goals. So I, I don't know. We do have a lot of players who can play in wide areas already. And maybe he would get in the way of some other development of other players. But, I mean, left wing is not high up on my list of priorities, to be honest. So I think it would be a bit of a... It would be a bit of a a surplus signing or a, a luxury signing, which I'm not sure we'll see too much of uh, this <coughs> this summer whatsoever. 
Um, Alex Lawson says, Tom, have you looked into Fabian Senchonze? Uh, Senchonze? Uh, Senchonze? From Mets. Uh, yes, I have actually, Alex, a little bit. The right back uh, at Mets. He is someone that I've spoken to Jeremy Smith about um, when researching some of the players that I maybe Arsenal could go for. Um, he basically feels, and bear in mind that Jeremy is a Mets fan, uh, and by the way, this is Mets from in France, Liga, um, that uh, he feels that if he was a bigger club, he'd be in the French national team right now. That's He rates him very highly. He is a Mets fan, as I've said. Um, but he's pretty spot on, Jeremy, about these things. So I trust his judgment. I've looked at a couple of vids of him, and he, he looks an interesting player. Uh, so... In fact, I mean, I'm pretty sure I've got the message from Jeremy about Sentonze. Uh, so let me just get that up and I can read you what he said about him. Let me scroll up. Here we go. Oh, Christ. He really does write long messages. Let me just... <laughs> There's always that moment where you're like, Christ, you realise how long the messages are. Um here we go. In both cases, they are... He says, Sentonzi has missed like two matches since joining Mets, so he's a very fit player. Um, he says he reckoned he would be a good candidate for the France squad if he was playing for a bigger team. So there you go. It's, he thinks he's a good player, so maybe he's someone that we could look at. I feel, though, if we were linked to him and brought him in, a lot of Arsenal fans would be like, who's this? Who's that guy? Like, it's just... Yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure. Uh, Regan says Discord have been begging up, uh, begging, begging up, <laughs> bigging up Emerson. Is he as good as everyone says? Well, if you want to find out how good Emerson is, you could read my article. <laughs> uh, selfish plug on him, but he is he is very good. Um, he's good defensively. He's good offensive, uh, defensively and offensively. There's an issue with him in terms of how you actually sign Emerson. He was. Signed by both of Betis and Barca. Um, Barca can buy him in this summer for 9 million euros, around that figure. Uh, and Laporta, the new president or the reinstated president, second time he's been president of Barca, um, he likes him for, from what I am aware of. So he might be brought in to be competition for Zagino Dest. Dest can play at left back and right back and he's a very versatile player so there's no guarantees that him Dest being there and then bringing in Dest last summer means that they won't go for Emerson. Sergio Roberto has kind of plateaued at, at, at Barcelona and anyway Roberto was always before he went to right back was more of a central midfielder so whether or not he moves elsewhere and plays in midfield he's a little bit of a Mainsley kind of in that sense but I like him a lot. If it was possible for Arsenal to go and get Emerson, I'd be all over it. I'd be like, yeah, go and do it. He's a really, really good player, but it's a really difficult one to, to do. Um, thank you, Reed. Yeah, go give it a read, mate. Um, Karthik says, Emerson or Mukiele? Um, I think Mukiele is probably the better of the two, but the, le the, less, attain the less attainable of the two is what I wanted to say. Much more tricky to get an RB Leipzig. Why would anyone leave RB Leipzig right now? They're on the up. They're in the Champions League. They're pushing for the Bundesliga as much as they feasibly can against a very strong Bayern side. But it doesn't make too much sense for anyone to leave RB Leipzig right now to move to Arsenal. It really, really doesn't, especially players in, of that ilk um, are playing there. So the, the advantage is that he's French. Obviously, German players very much typically tend to like to stay in Germany on the whole. 
Um, but being a French player, maybe that makes it easier for the deal to happen. Um, but I still think it would be exceptionally difficult. I'd pick him over him and Emerson. I think he's better. But Emerson is still exceptionally good. He's quicker um, than Mukiele as well. Um, up and down the flank a lot more. But defensively, Mukiele is a better player. But offensively, Emerson probably just edges it. Um, Don says, do you believe in Pepe upside Jerno say Arteta spends a lot of time with him do you think it's because he believes in him or just because he's not very good um I assume what you mean upside is do you like do I believe that Pepe can get better do I trust in him to be an Arsenal player that can be impactful for us I have a lot of criticism for him. I think that if you watch Hugh Wizzy's live streams, you see that I, I am very critical of him. A lot of that's like kind of spawns from the the transfer fee that's attached to him. It's not his fault. I always maintain it's not his fault. He costs that much. But the fact of the matter is he costs £72 million. And so he has to be judged against that. And that that's why I expect more from him. Can he be good? Of course he could be good. We've seen that he can be very good. You saw it against West Ham, the cross for Lacazette. Moments like that give you and me hope that he can turn into a really, really solid, top-class, world-class player. He just needs consistency and he needs Arteta to trust him because he's not getting as many minutes. And the issue for him now is that Bukayo Saka has taken that right-wing position very well. But I believe that Pepe could be an even better player on the, on the left. And I don't know why he's not being given more opportunities on the left because he has. Maybe it's personal. Maybe uh, maybe Pepe prefers the right and doesn't like necessarily playing on the left. But I think actually it suits him better. And I think we've seen his right foot is not a bad strike of the ball either. So I think that Arteta spends more time with him because he wants to get the best from him, not necessarily because he's not very good. I think it's it's more down to the coaching and trying to get more from him, to be honest. Um, Sam says Pepe has started to show the signs. He is tracking back and helping defensively. He is making smarter decisions, but he has a long way to go. Chris says Pepe will never meet what we paid for him, but he can still be a decent contributing player. Uh, Neil says, no, no, no. Lacquer played his best game for three seasons against West Ham United. FFS, don't give him a new deal. Neil, if you want to hear the stuff on Lacazette, make sure you rewind and watch the start of the video as the says tom is hell bent on rebranding arsenal into rb leipzig yeah welcome to the rb talk <laughs> it's what we're doing now um real janice says tom matt g's question is quality did i miss matt's question let me just scroll up uh and i'll find it here we go uh matt g says would you do a swap deal with madrid for Erdegaard if we had to give them saliva wow um Yes. Yes. Yes, I would. I don't... You look... I mean, Saliba, what? He, he cost us 27 million quid. Has he... Is he a 27 million pound player? Not yet. Could he be? He could be more than that in the future. Erdogan is already a 40 million pound player and he could get even better than he is now. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then you've got Mavropanos coming back. So Mavropanos can cover that position as a young centre-back. So, yeah, 100%, Matt. 100%. Million times over. Absolutely. Um, Jack says, hi, Tom. Loving the film grain effect in the thumbnails. Real quality stuff, mate. <laughs> yeah, some people are like, I don't know. It's just a random effect. Um, these days, it won't be around for a while, for a long while because our new rebranding is coming very soon. I'm very excited about the... Thumbnails are done. The storyboards for the intro videos are done. We're now on to the motion uh, and to the video, the videography with the intro. So 
couple more weeks, two, three, maybe weeks or so, and hopefully we should have brand new everything. Um, it's going to look cool. It's going to look great. I've Honestly, I'm blown away by some of the work that the guys have done behind the scenes. It's fantastic. So, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Chris says, Tom, are you going to braid your hair like a badass? No. It is getting ridiculous. Can you see now how it pokes? It's poking out at the sides. This is ridiculous. Um. I really need it cut, but I think the earliest we can get it cut in the UK, I think, is the 12th of April, something like that. Or, like, if it's a recreational activity outside, um, maybe someone can do it, <laughs> trying to find the little loopholes in the system. Um, but yeah, it needs doing, Chris. I understand. I get it. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, Matthew says, uh, Ola, question is Pepe being unfairly judged on the 72 million cost instead of the people? who did that shady deal, just saying. Yeah, arguably, Matthew, it is unfair to judge him based on a, on a fee, but it's the reality. No matter how it came about, no matter who did the deal, it cost that much, and it's not something that you can shake. It's just it's not something that you can really shake yourself from. Uh, Sam says, taking everything into consideration, what are your expectations for next season in terms of the league table? Sam, honestly, so much of that question is is kind of filled around what we do in the summer. Until I know that we're going to get a better right back, back up left back, better centre midfielder, Erdogan or equivalent in that position, that we're going to give Saliba a chance or Mavropanos a chance, that we're going to play better defensively, that we're going to move out certain players. Until I know all of that, it's really difficult for me to say, yeah, we're going to finish in the top four. We're going to challenge for whatever. So I'm, I'm sorry to deflect away from your question but there's just so many things that i feel like i need to know before i go yeah that's what we'll do but i promise sam if you tune into the first show as soon as the window closes i'll give you an answer i'll give you an answer mate. um ansgar says tom uh oh i've missed that question where do i go here we go tom uh who gets the number 10 next season maybe lacazette and martinelli if we saw an Erdogan, you give it to him obviously emil smith Rowe, maybe you give it to him lacazette you don't give him his number nine. You just keep that number nine. Martinelli. Who is... Who's number seven? Is it Saka? Is Saka taking the number seven? I think he has. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure I can find out if Saka's taking the number seven because we've got some things to give away. We have indeed. Um, I did an interview on uh, a site called Signables. I don't know if you've, you've come across it before, but they have like their links with Arsenal officially. And on Sunday's quiz, uh, we're going to be giving away some prizes. Uh, these Signables, uh, they're proper Arsenal collectible items. And you've got a Kieran Tierney one that's like signed official. It's like the, the engraving of the signing. Um, but yeah, they gave me some free ones to give away. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to keep them. I'm going to give them to you guys. So on Sunday's show, I'll tell you a little bit more about how we can uh, you can get them. But one of them is Kieran Tierney and the other one is Bakayo Saka, who is number seven. So there you go. That was lucky <laughs> to find out. Um, so in terms of number for Martinelli, yeah, I'm not sure. I really, really, I'm really not sure about, about what number. Maybe number eight because Danny Ceballos will go back to Real Madrid so maybe number eight um but I kind of like number eight to be a number eight if you know what I mean be a centimid maybe Emil Smith-Rowe gets an eight or whoever we sign to join Partey and and um 
to join Partey uh, and Jacka. Um, El Nenny was four, and then we've I think we've now given it to Gabriel, haven't we? So El Nenny's taken another number, but he was four very briefly. <laughs> um, but yeah, numbers are really strange at clubs. It's a little bit like captains at this point. It's really, really, really difficult. Uh, Dan says, Tom, I want this. <laughs> um, well, you're gonna have to tune in for the quiz, Dan, to find out, and then maybe you can you can get it. Uh, Martinelli wore 11 at his former club. Okay, 11 at the moment is Erdogan, who's on loan. So that shirt number will be available at the end of the season. Um, it's not a bad shout, as Dan, as Amir says. So there you go. Yeah, there you're saying. Uh, Ansgar Saliba is four. Yes, Saliba is four. Gabriel is six. You're 100% right. Um, but at the moment, Saliba's not here. So, you know, we could do what Lucas Torreira and we give all Lucas. Do you remember Lucas Perez? We signed, He was number nine. We signed Lacazette. Lucas is still here. And we're just like, nope. Not having that, <laughs> you don't have any number anymore. We're going to give it to Lacazette. So, yeah, we could do one of those. Uh, Sam says, Tom, just say we are winning the league. Realism is overrated. <laughs> Karthik, uh, we've got 10 more minutes, guys. So if you've got a, a burning question that you want answered, throw it into the chat box. Karthik says, Tom, if you had to play a European final next week, will you start a Bamiyang? I will not. No, I agree with you. If we're playing the Europa League final next week, I'm playing Lacazette, I'm playing Saka. I'm probably playing Emil Smith or on the left with Erdogan at 10. I think that's our best front four. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's what I would do. Um, Chris says, Tom, if we're fortunate enough to make the semis in the Europa, would you rather face United? Well, we can only face Villarreal, Chris, because they've done the draw already. Um, I don't know if you're trying to catch me out, but <laughs> they've already done the semi-final draw. We will face the winner of Villarreal or... Um, Dinamo Zagreb if we get through. So it's already done, Chris. It's already done it for you, mates. That was a really easy one. Uh, Peter says, should we worry that our under-23s and under-18s have been slipping in the rankings over the last four years? Um, yes. But I don't know how much to elaborate on that further because under-23... And to be fair, what we did in the summer was is we invested um, quite a lot in young players bringing in young players. We signed a couple of... We obviously signed Omar Rekic. Uh, we've signed uh, Joel Idaho from Ajax. We signed um, Salah Adin, who was a free agent after leaving Feyenoord. We signed um, the Norwegian kid. Uh, what's his name? Uh, George Lewis. That's his name from Fram Larvik in Norway. We signed Tim Akinola. We signed um, a, a kid from... Huddersfield, I thought I can't remember what his name is, um, but we've signed quite a few, and we signed Nikolai Moller as well. And basically, we signed a lot of players from Europe and the like, the young kids because of the Brexit situation. Uh, the end of the year, but what it means is that Arsenal can no longer sign under 18s from European clubs, or uh, or even further from that for that matter, um, because we we've moved and left the EU. So. Arsenal moved early to bring in players from the continent while they still could, like Idaho and Moller and and Salah Eddin and and, and uh, George Lewis. So, not George Lewis because he's he's too he's older than the threshold. But yeah, we moved to sign a lot of those young players, and uh, because we weren't able to, uh, Dinzei, thank you, Dan. Uh, that's that's the one I was thinking of. Uh, so there you go. Um, what about uh, Mal? Uh, I've pronounced that hor horrifically, but I, th I think you're talking, you're talking about the Danish right back at Atalanta. Uh, they only just signed him from Genk, I think it was. So I don't know. He would be under a serious length of contract um, regarding a right back position. So yeah. 
Uh, Ansgar says, would you consider giving Lacazette the armbands at the number 10 and making him player manager with Arteta as his number two? Honest answers only. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of tongue-in-cheek to that question, Ansgar. Uh, Jonathan Porter says, in the Europa final, it's nil-nil. It's the last minutes. Which of our players do you want to see with a one-on-one -on -one with the keeper? Um, not Thomas Partey. Uh, and if you look at the, kind of the last few games, Aubameyang's missed sitters. Saka missed a one-on-one -on -one against West Ham. Um, I really don't know who I trust. You'd, you'd think it would be a Bamiang. You'd think the obvious answer would be a Bamiang, but he's missed a fair few big chances. But I think you'd still probably say him. Um, has Lacazette missed since like that really poor period at the start of the season? Any massive chances? Probably. <laughs> uh, it's really hard, isn't it, to come up with someone? Really difficult, really, really difficult. Uh, Patrick Carlson says, what's the latest on Odegaard's injury? It's not serious. Don't worry about it. He he could even play again for Norway before the international break's over. So don't worry. I hope he doesn't. I hope they rest him. Um, but yeah, I don't, don't think you should worry about that too much. Um, <laughs> Wilson says, uh, do you think, uh, do you think, who would be the best replacement, sorry, for Lacazette and why? Uh, again, this goes back to the kind of start of the, the video. My striker pick is Yusuf N. Naziri, um, Moroccan striker from Sevilla. That's who I'd, I'd want. Um, but it's really hard to, to come up with strikers because they're not a lot about that you would go, yeah, they come in and, and easily upgrade upon Lacazette. There's not too many that are available and realistic. That's the issue that we've got. Uh, Chris says, how has Rekic been doing? I, gen genuinely, Chris, I've not been tracking him too much. If you want to find out how Rekic has been getting on, I suggest you go and uh, watch uh, Next Generation Arsenal, uh, who on Twitter, uh, the, the person behind that account does lots of stuff. Uh, he's a good guy. He's helped me out with some stuff in the past as well. So he, he will be the best person to ask, but I've not watched a lot of Rekic. Uh, I, I believe he's a, I believe, is he a left-footed uh, centre-back? Um, let's have a look. Is he? He's not. He's right-footed. Okay. So um, he would be competing with the likes of Saliba and Mavropanos and Holding and Chambers. So he's got a lot of players ahead of him. He's 19 now. And if you think about how young Saliba is and how young some of the other players are in our team, 19 is an age that players can get into the first team. So I don't know. But I'd be really interested to know if anyone else knows. Uh, <laughs> Patrick says El Nenny. Surely, <laughs> surely it's El Nenny for your one-on-ones. Has to be on any for the one-on-ones. Um, let's get a few more questions before we wrap things up. Uh, Dominique uh, says, uh, who would you prefer at number eight? Neuhaus from Borussia Mönchengladbach or Awar from Lyon? Aarons or Lamptey at right back to replace Bellerin? Uh, I'd prefer Aarons than Lamptey, uh, mainly because there's a lot more evidence to suggest that Aarons is going to be a really top player. Lamptey has kind of burst onto the scene this season, but got injured a lot. And I think that a lot of people have kind of not necessarily jumped on the bandwagon, maybe jumped on the bandwagon, but we've, we've barely seen much of Lamptey. And there's a lot still to kind of gain from, from learning more about Lamptey. Whereas Aaron's, I think I've seen a lot more. He convinces me a lot more. And yeah, so I'd probably go with Aaron's. And Neuhaus or Awa, I would go for Neuhaus. Neuhaus is going to be an unbelievably good player. Uh, really, really good. German national already. Um, yeah, really, really top player. And our I'm not I, I'm not convinced by our 
I just don't get the feels uh, for a while. <laughs> so there you go. Um, Daryl says, Zakaria is a good shout as a partner for Partey, but I feel he'll be out of our price range. What's your opinion on him? Yeah, again, he was one of the people in the, the top five uh, partners that I suggested we could go for. I like him a lot. Ironically, he's kept out of the Swiss side quite a bit by <laughs> Jack Granit Xhaka. Um, but that could be in itself a good way to partner them because you've got the chemistry between those two if you need to rotate. But yeah, I like Zakaria a lot. He's mobile. He's more disciplined. He's more solidly a defensive midfielder than either of Xhaka or Partey. So yeah, it's, it's a good shout. I think there's a lot of options out there though that we could go for. Uh, Sahil says, Tom, thoughts on El Nenny? Should we keep him? Nope, sell him. Sell him. Easy, easy decision there. Omar says, do you think Nelson will ever make it in the club? Unlikely, Omar, is, is the question there. Uh, easy says, what will happen first? Uh, Partey scoring a goal or one of his shots completely leaving the stadium? Probably the latter, Eds, based on the evidence that we've got so far. Oh, dear. He really can't shoot for us, can he? Wilson says, do you think that Basuma would be a good signing for Arsenal? And why? Yes. And if you want to know why, uh, guess what? There's an article. Where I literally go into loads of detail, tactics, graphics, breakdown. I've actually there's actually a video on here going into the tactical breakdown of Basuma. So type into YouTube, the Guna Talk, Basuma, and there'll be a video that you can watch that'll explain everything about him on YouTube. Yo-Yo says, How do you feel about Arteta modeling the 424? Uh, and should coaches be forced to dress smartly? <laughs> uh, firstly, modeling the 424. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's part of the, the the thing that they're required to do. Like they're required to 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 wear the stuff. That's just how it is. And do I think they should be forced to dress smartly? No, that's a load of bollocks. <laughs> Very simply, no, no chance. They can wear what they like. It's a free world. It's you're a manager, you're a coach in a sporting environment. If you want to wear sports clothing. Wear sports clothes. If you want to do a pep and wear jeans and a turtleneck, wear jeans. I don't care. If you're winning us games, I don't care what you're wearing. Wear what you blooming want. Wear what you want. Um, Zamir says, odds on Xhaka getting a RC first or Partey scoring a screamer for a red card or a Partey screamer. Um, probably a Xhaka red card, Zamir. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Ansgar says, Tom, do you prefer Neves or Tielemans? Tielemans all day long. Uh, Daniel says, Partey needs to take notes from El Elneny in terms of his shooting. Um, let's scroll down a little bit more. Oh, Dominique loves throwing in these who would you rather have questions, which I enjoy. Uh, Masrawi or Dumfries? Uh, right back, Masrawi would be my choice. Erdogan or Grealish? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, Erdogan. I think, because I'm more convinced by it. I've seen what he's about. So, yeah, probably Erdogan. Uh, Daryl says, joking aside, I'd like us to be Zoboslice next move. We can't have a show without bringing out our good friend, good Hungarian friend, Zoboslice. Yeah, yeah. Nightmares about him in an RB Leipzig shirt, you know. But I got the shirt when I did. So, you know, I'll always have that. Wilson says, would you keep or sell Xhaka? Uh, I'll keep him because I think that if you're looking at our midfield, he's one of our better ones. So you sell El Nenny, you get rid of Ceballos, you move on Mainsley. And if you've got a, a midfield three of Partey, Xhaka and another really good midfielder, that's really good. It's really good, solid base to, to build your team around. So, yeah, absolutely. Um <laughs> Ansgar, I'll let you answer that question, mate. Uh 
<laughs> Dearie me. Ajit says, Tom, do you think Moller or Tyrese John Jules will get any chances next season or will they be loaned? I think that one of them will go on loan, um, but I think one of them will get some loan opportunities or cup opportunities. Uh, Yo-Yo says, which player at the club would you feel would be the likeliest to one day become an Arsenal manager? Um, oh, that's a really good question. David Luiz? <laughs> maybe David Luiz? How crazy would that be? Um, yeah, maybe maybe Rob Holding. Maybe Rob Holt. Maybe Kieran Tierney, actually. Maybe Tierney would be a good manager. Anyway, uh, it's funny you should ask that, Dan, because I'm about to go for my pizza topping, which is going to go and be chili beef, spicy beef, ham, uh, sweet corn, red onions, tomato base, smash on the meaty toppings. So that's what I'm about to go and have, and that's going to wrap up today's show. It is not the last show that I'm on today. Uh, I'm going to be joining Drew and Harry Simeu and Jess and Luke uh, on the Yammer podcast at seven seven o'clock um i'll be retweeting the link out on my account where you can follow at the Guna talk tv or myself at tom canton media if you want to come and find us if you've enjoyed today's let's talk arsenal q a session drop a like on the video tomorrow 3 p.m as we have tried as you see from kind of what i wear all the time uh try and merge drum and bass and this and arsenal as much as i feasibly can which is really difficult one, due to copyright reasons. Second of all, because not a lot of people I, I are in this, I'm sure, like drum and bass, but I force it upon you, and I don't frankly care. Uh, so it's going to continue to happen. Tomorrow, I'm going to be having a chat with um, a drum and bass artist who is a big, big Arsenal fan at 3 p.m. Uh, UK time. Uh, an artist by the name of Friction. You may or may not be aware of, of Ed, uh, a.k.a. Friction. Um, but I've left... The song of this week, every single Friday, every single Friday, we do a track of the week. And this week, I've put a Friction song as our track of the week. So you want to check out the song in the description. But at 3 p.m. tomorrow, I'll be having a chat with Ed, a.k.a. Friction, um, who I've seen live a number of times. Fantastic drum and bass artist. So, uh, yeah, make sure you tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, for that interview. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, 8.30 p.m., Sunday, do not miss the funny quiz that we've got planned. Uh, myself, Mike, Owen, Andy, um, Mike Hernandez, Dave Lennon from the TGT Ambassadors. Big crew of people are coming on to do a very fun interlow quiz. So make sure you tune in uh, for that. I will see you a little bit later on this evening over on the Yammer podcast, and I'll see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. for the Friction interview. Other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you guys, as it always is. And as always. Up the arse. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates are around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.